Hello, this is Dan Russo, head football coach of Island High School. You're listening to The Dan Russo Show on Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's what I call the rally cry. Relentless, like a dog on a bone. We got gas in the tank to go all night. We got gas in the tank to go all night. Relentless, we don't walk alone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Russo Show for the 2021 season. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett, and joining me, as always, the namesake of the show, Coach Dan Russo, head coach of Vineland High School Football. Coach, welcome back to the show. We got a lot to dive into this episode from the battle at the beach to previewing this season's home opener. But first off, how you doing? Great. Thanks for uh, having me once again. Enjoy doing the show with you and um, hoping to um get back on the winning track this week kids worked hard and um we're looking forward to friday night last friday down in ocean city uh under an illuminated sky for a various number of reasons the weather was back and forth but you guys played down at the battle at the beach uh against the hometown host ocean city unfortunately a 21 nothing loss but overall before we get into the game, I think the battle at the beach is going to be something that is a, a mainstay in the South Jersey football community. And like we've talked about, it could bring in, you know, more teams. There were teams from Pennsylvania playing, but I think the event overall was really well done. It brought a lot of, you know, attention to the South Jersey football scene and uh, Ocean City did one hell of a job with it. Yeah, it was a great event. You know, the West Jersey Football Coaches Association which is a, a new association that formed last last year, um, had the idea to do it. And thankfully, Ocean City um, agreed to let us use the facilities, and it was a great event. But um, I'm hoping that continues and that Violin will be invited every year and we can be involved with that because, yeah, it was a great experience um, for the program. Just wish we would have played a little better. You guys had the, the late kickoff, 8 o'clock, turned into about 8 9 o'clock start due to the weather but uh you played against ocean city like we said 21 nothing loss uh after the game i think the biggest thing that resonated with me when you talked to the guys was even though this was week zero first game of the season it was kind of a wake-up call for you guys to kind of you know just get back on track not really you know being i think the earlier on in the season to, to kind of have that wake-up call and, and get things back on track is, is better off for you guys. Um, how do you think that, that post-game message resonated with the guys as you went through practice this week? Yeah, well, with the schedule that we have, I told them we're at the crossroads, and we'd like, I'd like to take the road to success, not the road to failure. So we got to work harder, all of us, starting with me, and um, you know just get back to playing violent football and correcting our mistakes and, you know, getting better every day and just, you know, winning the day. So um, we focused this week on having um, hard, intense, no-nonsense practices, and um, I think they've uh, responded well. We usually don't go full pads on a Monday, but we did this week because we need the extra work. So um, we're hoping that that equates into a big win for uh, Friday night. And, you know, you guys have the home opener this weekend. Um, it's always a party at Catone Stadium for the home opener. And I think this year, more so than last year, with 
what we hope to be is a, a normal number of fans in the stands as well. You guys always perform in front of the hometown crowd. What are you most looking forward to uh, getting back to Gatone and playing in front of uh, the Vineland faithful? Yeah, we've made, you know, some changes. I'm hoping that the changes, you know, get us playing better football. Um, I think some of the guys, you know, might've been a little fatigued the other night. I have some guys going both ways. I, you know, I thought we'd be all right, but I have to do a better job of managing that and getting them some, you know, some breaks. So we focused on that this week, getting some other guys in, getting, you know, some of our players some extra, you know, rest time they need to recover, you know, trying to simplify some things and, you know, changing the way we, um, we do things on offense and defense and special teams, just trying to get the plays in quicker things that you don't usually, you know, people take for granted. It's um, you have to make sure you're organized and getting the plays in quick and having the kids lined up on time and having no delays because, as you know, it moves fast through the game and you know, the refs start counting as soon as they put that ball down. So you have to make sure you're always paying attention. And, uh, you know, I'm working this week on uh, making the kids, you know, think faster, play faster, no walking jogging on and off the field you know we got to work on that and get better and you know there's it, it's always tough to take away positives from a loss especially when no points were put on the board but outside of you know coming to that crossroads of success and failure and, and kind of having that early season wake-up call what are some things you took away from the ocean city game that you know you guys looked at on film and, and were able to pinpoint that either it's going to be an improvement this week or it's something that you guys are going to use as a teaching tool throughout the season? Yeah, just telling the kids do their best not to make, you know, mental mistakes. The focus is the mental toughness of this sport. Um, this week, you know, I've told them all last week as well, but we have to be mentally focused and understand, you know, if it's third and long or third and short or, where you are on the field when you're fielding kickoffs and punts and things like that. You just, you have to always be engaged and know exactly the scenarios. You have to know the play. You have to know the situation. And, you know, the team that's smarter usually wins. And Ocean City just was just way smarter the other night. And uh, we have to work on that. We have to be um, smarter. We have to be a smarter football program. And, you know, your son's uh, debut at, at quarterback as well on Friday night. What uh, what impressed you the most from uh, his first varsity start? Well, there was some adversity, and he, I felt like he handled that well, and he bounced back and did the best he could, as well as all my other players, too. We had some adversity, and they hung in there. Um, and like I said, we just have to correct some things. We have to, you know, get better, and we will. I think the biggest thing I took away from from Daniel's first start was he was quick to adapt whenever, like you said, when there was adversity or there was pressure in his face or, you know, things kind of unfolded. He he didn't just, you know, fall over and, and quit on the play. He always tried to extend the play, whether it was with his legs, kind of moving guys around. That was that was pretty impressive to me. That speaks to, you know, just his knowledge uh, of the game and being able to, you know, move around in the pocket when he's a pass first quarterback. Um, I was impressed by just like how quick he was on his, his feet, uh, you know, mental wise. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said last week, he's advanced for his age and for his grade, and that's why he's in there playing. Uh, he's been playing a long time, just like a lot of other guys on the team. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep working hard and getting better. And uh, I'm looking for a better performance Friday night from everybody, including myself. The The biggest thing, you know, that you've talked about, too, whether it was off podcast with me and just, you know, with this team being young is – just the communication factor, and that was another thing on Friday night, just being able to communicate as a team, being on the same page. How has that kind of unfolded in practice this week, working on communication, everyone being on that same page together and, and working as a team rather than kind of having that, you know, lack of communication, having the, you know, one person thinks this is what's going on, another person thinks this is what's going on, and that's when things unfolded. Yeah, there can't be disruptions in the huddle. You can't, you have to communicate. Um, it has to be more robotic as far as running the offense too. And I, I've made some changes that it's, I'm not going to put them in positions where they can even really speak to each other, except for when they come out, because you have to, you have to line up, you have to process what's going on, then you have to process the play. And um, we just don't, you don't have time in the huddle for any zero time for distractions and we just can't have it and we've we've addressed it and it's going to be fixed and it will not absolutely will not happen again so we're going to be fine i um the staff and i made a change and uh i can assure you it will not happen again and looking through you know what you guys have been able to do in practice this week what are some some things that have stood out to you from from guys that you're looking to to play a big part in this week's game against clearview well, we've had some guys nicked up that were offensive linemen. We still have one guy that, um, uh, Aiden Rivera, he um, he was projected as a center. He's coming off a knee surgery. He should be back midseason. He had a, a slight injury there with his knee. Um, and then Patrick Gilbert, another guy we're real um, happy with. He's, uh, he's done a nice job in the offseason. He's a guard, so he'll be back um, Friday as well meaning that some of those offensive linemen can get breathers and just play defensive line. So we're most likely going to have one-way linemen, which I think will help us. You know, it's tough for them. You know, you don't get any plays off when you play defensive or offensive line. I mean, they're going at it every play. It's not like maybe if you're, you know, a defensive back and it's a run play and it gets stopped at the line of scrimmage, you know, you're, you're not doing – you're not hitting every play like they are. They take – a lot of um, a lot of licks up there, to say the least. So I think that's really going to help us. We're still going to rotate some guys in on offense um, when needed as far as some of our linemen. But at this point, it looks like we're going to be able to um, have the linemen going one way, which I think will be a huge advantage for us when we play some of these teams. Yeah, and I think to, to piggyback on that, you know, with the line, for the most part, outside of Fennel being, you know, underclassmen, they're, they're younger – I think that'll help them in just terms of development and, and cohesion together as well. Yeah, no doubt. And they can focus on one position more or less. You know, they can they can master one position instead of trying to master two. And um, I think it'll help us. We've also made some changes where we're going to rotate some guys that play defense. So maybe some offensive series, they can get a breather. Be fresh um, for offense. So it's my job to manage that. It's one thing I took out of Friday night. I thought 
maybe we could handle going both ways, some of the guys. But um, after experience what we did Friday night, I've decided to make some changes, and uh, it'll be for the better. And do you think from a coaching aspect to pick up on that this early in the season rather than it being, you know, late October and, you know, figuring something like that out is it's got to be better for the team to kind of just get it out of the way, know that that was a an issue early in the season, pinpoint it and adjust rather than having to wait, you know, three, four, five weeks into the season and be like, okay, like we have an issue here. And now we have to fix it when some of those, you know, kind of learn traits where it's like, we're playing both ways. I'm used to this, taking that away or, or implementing it. It can be tough to break once it's kind of into a routine. Yeah, that was the original plan, trying to have, you know, the guys go one way. But, you know, things happen. It's football. Some some guys got nicked up. We had to make – put the best players in the best positions, put us in the best position to win. That's what we did. But now that we're getting, you know, more healthy and some guys are coming off some uh, some injuries, I think it's going to help us considerably. And um, like I said, the guys can master the one position instead of having to worry about two. Some guys are still going to go both ways. Some guys were able to handle it, and they're continuing to do so. But other guys, you know, we're going to give them some breathers. They need it, and uh, it is what it is. And we've talked about it in the past, winning all three phases of the game how much emphasis has been on special teams this week to kind of adjust some of the issues that were there and making sure that you guys are focused in on, on winning all three phases when that point in the game comes about, whether you're on offense, defense, or you're on special teams. Yeah, we've made a few changes on special teams, but, you know, hopefully Clearview's kicker is not kicking it out of the end zone like this kid from Ocean City because um, we couldn't even return a kick. I mean, that kid was unbelievable. It's one of the best kickers I've ever seen. Um, he had a it was a huge advantage for them. Our field position was poor all night. Um, we've got some guys back there that, you know, they got they got a lot of speed, and it, it, it's an advantage for us on special teams, and they totally took it out of um, of the game because of the kid in his foot. As you know, in high school, you can't return those. So um, he did a great job. And um, like I said, we've made some changes. Nothing major on special teams, but we made a few, and uh, we'll be better this week. I feel like we're going to have a dedicated segment to Ozzy Tatum this year um, because he just stands out to me anytime I watch him on the field. You awarded him the team MVP at the Battle at the Beach. He's He just gives it 110% no matter what the situation of the game is. He's always in it. He's a gamer. What did you see from him uh, that made you determine he was the uh, recipient of the MVP award on Friday night? Well, in addition to playing very well, he's a great leader and he's always positive. I've never heard anything negative out of his uh, mouth. So he's a great kid. He's worked hard. It's been nice to watch um, where he started and where he is now. And, you know, he looks very comfortable at Mike. And as you know, that's the quarterback of the defense. So he did a great job. And um, he's just going to get better every week. And to have somebody like that who's been – in your guy's system for as long as Nazi has and to kind of take those leaps that you want to see from players when they go from, you know, sophomore to junior, junior to senior, it's almost like having an extension of the coaching staff out on the field for you guys being that quarterback of the defense. What are you expecting to see from him leadership wise as you guys head into, uh, you know, your typical home and away schedule this year? Yeah, just to continue what he's doing, stay positive, you know, lead the defense, you know, when he's on the sideline, you know, 
talk to the younger kids, help them keep their composure, things like that. Um, he's got great leadership qualities, and that's why the team voted him, you know, on as a captain. And um, I'm just expecting him to continue to play well and, and lead this program. So heading into Clearview, you and I were just looking uh, at their schedule, and they played an actual game. It wasn't a scrimmage. They uh, they beat Cherry Hill West 12-7 on Friday night. Um, they scored both of their touchdowns in the second half, so it took a while for them to get going. But, you know, you, it's better late than never to score uh, in football, and they come out with a win after Cherry Hill West scored on the first play of the game. But looking at, at this first home game for you guys, what are you uh, – what are you looking at most to kind of take advantage of, fix some mistakes from, you know, the loss to Ocean City going into this first home game? Yeah, we just have to get tougher mentally and physically. Um, Clearview's got some big, strong kids. Um, seems like they have a lot of seniors. Uh, they want to run the ball on you. The quarterback has a nice arm. They play good defense. So it's going to be a tough game. They're um, – they're a good program. Coach Scanlon does a nice job with them. Real nice guy. Had a lot of uh, communication with him over the years. And, uh, you know, we got to play well. Uh, they're a good team. I mean, like I said, they're smart. They've got some size. They're strong. So we have to bring it, not just physically, but mentally. We have to be mentally focused, laser focused, and uh, play our best game. And, you know, We've talked about it in matchups in years past where teams have size, you guys have speed. How do you feel your guys' speed matches up with Clearview's size and their strength to kind of take advantage of that matchup? Yeah, you know, always we've got some fast guys here in Vineland. We try to utilize their speed all the time, get them in good good situations, get them out in the open field. So, you know, we'll see Friday night. Um, it's going to be tough. They've got some fast guys too, and like I said, they've got some – some big, strong-looking guys on their team, so we have to bring it, you know, just not, you know, mentally, but physically as well. And we always try to pinpoint some guys that you're looking to, you know, kind of lead the team or, or kind of stand out to you heading into each week. Throughout practice this week so far, who are some guys that you think are going to, you know, go out, take take what they learned from that Ocean City game and, and go into this first home game against Clearview and, uh, you know, try to help this team pull out a win first of the season and, you know, kind of just erase that bad taste that was left in your guy's mouth down in Ocean City? Yeah, you know, I tell the guys, you know, running plays offensively and defensively, special teams, all of it, it's, it's I compare it to like the engine of a car, of a vehicle. And if there's one bad part, the car doesn't run. So if you got 11 guys doing everything they're supposed to, the offense and the defense and the special teams will run. If you got one guy that doesn't do exactly what he's supposed to do, it could ruin that play. So what I noticed on film was a lot of guys at times not doing what they're supposed to do. Every play, like one or two guys. And if that's the scenario, it's just not going to work. So we have to focus on being having all good parts for our engine so this offense, defense, and special teams runs correctly. And um, I feel like, you know, being more detail-oriented this week and explaining that to them, you know, we have to take care of the small things. Just because the ball's running to the other side of the field and you're the 
and I'm not pointing anybody out. You're the receiver on the other side of the field. Doesn't mean you just stand there and not do anything. You have to sprint so that corner covers you, and he's not sprinting across the field making a play. Because when you really break down film, it's amazing how like guys that come from the other side of the field will be the guys making the play. You got to make sure you're blocking the right guys. You got to make sure if you're a skilled player, you're just not out there to catch a football or run the football. You're there to block at times too. It's the little things that take care of the big things. And um, we got to get better at the little things or this engine's not going to run. And that's what I've repeatedly said to the guys. And uh, hopefully, you know, they've processed that and understand that we need all 11 guys doing exactly what they're supposed to do every play, 100%. Was it a more intensive film session this week, knowing like that as a coaching staff, you guys were able to pick that out kind of during the game and, and know that, you know, there were a lot of things that you had to pinpoint from that perspective. Yeah, coaches tagged the film, and we went over it out on the field. We felt like we need an extra day out on the practice field and full pads, so we made the corrections live. We made the changes. We usually go in and sit and watch it, but they have access to it all weekend. You know, we lift Saturday morning, then they have all Saturday and all day Sunday to watch film on their own. We usually come back Monday and watch it, but we made a decision as a staff to bring them outside and just get right to it because we're, we're going to put that one in the rear view mirror, make the corrections, make the changes fresh start. You know, that, that game was over Friday night at about 11 o'clock. We're done. We're moving forward. We're, we're focused on clear view. Yeah. It's almost the next day by that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, uh, we let them know what they did wrong, but we also let them know that that game's in the past. It's history. It's 5% of our season. We've got another 95% to go approximately, and we're, we're going to make sure that that other 95% is is better. Do you, do you think it was uh, received well having that, you know, full pads on a Monday, not a typical scenario for you guys? How do you think they uh, they handled that that full pads Monday? They did a good job. Um, went out for a practice. Unfortunately, started thundering and lightning, so it got called short. But then we went in and we did our weights because we lift Saturday and Monday. And they also, you know, got their their decals on their helmets for Friday night's game. It looks really sharp, so we got that out of the way because that's pretty time-consuming. So we always have something to do here. There's no downtime. We don't cancel practices because of weather. They'll come inside and we'll practice indoors. Um, film as you know weights we got there's always something to do so we make sure that we keep them fully engaged we don't take any days off but yeah with no no complaints kids went out there and practiced hard and, it, and they understand they want to win too they're winners and um we're gonna win some games here and we'll get into the alumni in just a little bit but how uh how fun was it to have uh tyreen powell on the sidelines on friday night he's such a great kid he's another special one that we had here great leader He's doing big things at Rutgers. He's going to continue to get better. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to their game tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll have uh, one of my guys will actually be there who's coming in from out of town. Nice. Uh, my lacrosse podcast co-host is coming in from out of town. And one of the things that's on their uh, to-do list, they're going up to Rutgers to uh, their home opener. So I'll have, a, I'll have a little uh, eyes on the on the game for us from that perspective. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was cool really to have – it was cool to have Tyreen there too. You know, this, this program for as long as I can remember from when I was in high school, all the way through now, like it's been very alumni heavy, like the support from 
former players, former coaches has always been there. So it was really cool to see him. You know, he didn't have to be there, but uh, for one of his days off after getting done a, a grueling Rutgers camp, he was out there to support you guys. Yeah, I should have brought an extra set of pads and a helmet and a uniform. I would have helped. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss seeing that 22 out there. Yeah, I guess they would have recognized um, who he was because he's such a great player. And um, looking forward to seeing him and Isaiah, you know, play uh, tomorrow night. I think it's a 6.30 kickoff on the Big Ten. Yeah. Network. So, um, you know, obviously I'd love to go, but my focus, you know, has to be with this program right now. we got a big game Friday night, so I'm going to be watching from home. We adjusted our – Thursday schedule so the guys can go home and watch that. So we're going to practice after school instead of uh, going at night. So obviously they're all excited to watch, uh, you know, Pacheco and Pal. So can't wait for that. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Friday night, Clearview. What are what are some things that, you know, you're looking for from your guys, looking for just from a coaching staff perspective to – fix from last Friday to go in with this game plan you guys have set in place for this Clearview team that you're looking to execute, you know, from Jump Street right when that first whistle blows? You know, just being laser focused from the first play of the game. I mean, you have to be engaged. You have to pay attention. Um, I need every, we need everyone, coaches, players, laser focused, knowing what's going on at all times, you know, no plays off. Wait for when your number's called if you're not a starter. Be ready. Guy, you know, needs a breather. Next man up. And just be ready, man. And uh, nobody was happy Friday night, so I feel like we're going to rebound and play much better. And let's get into it. The alumni segment, we do it every week. We've been doing it since the start of this show. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco named a captain at Rutgers. Yeah, you know, he... uh, He's a special kid and um, special player, and you know he's going to continue to get better. But as a freshman, I can remember early on when we in our second year, you know, we had the teams vote for captains, and as a freshman, he was voted on as a captain, which has never happened in our program, but it happened then. You know, obviously he was the starting quarterback here for four years, voted on as a captain as a as a freshman captain for four years. And um, people just fed off his energy, man. He, he, he's electric. He, um, not only is he a great player, but he's a great leader. He's always positive. And anytime you told him to do something, it was yes, coach, yes, sir. And he would do it. He had a great attitude. And that's why they love him at Rutgers. And that's why they're going to love him in the NFL, too, because he just does what the coach tells him to do. And, you know, it brings his um, teammates to a different level with his electricity and uh, they just feed off of him, man, because he, he's special. And uh, it was no shock to me that they voted him on as a captain. And I'm, I'm very proud of him. Um, like I said, he's very special. Yeah. I mean, he's been a player at Rutgers that from the moment that he got that first opportunity to touch the rock, it seems like everybody's just been talking about him the way that we do down here in Vineland. And, uh, He's just run with that that energy, and he's he's brought it each and every week that he's had the opportunity to do so. So I, I have no doubt that it's going to translate this year. I know he's after that 1,000-yard season, um, and it's going to carry over, like you said, I think, to the NFL because there's no doubt in my mind he's a he's a talented player that has what it takes to, to one, get drafted, and, two, play at the next level in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when I got the job at Vineland and the staff and I came in, you know, we were struggling 
And if he didn't go to violin, you know, we'd still be struggling because all these kids would be going to different schools. But he's the one that set the precedent here for the program and got it back on track. You know, you got to keep your own kids here in violin to play for, you know, our program. And he, he took a big step. He could have gone anywhere he wanted for free. And he chose to go to violin high school, just like in college. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. I had Notre Dame, Ohio State, all kinds of schools, Penn State, they all wanted him. Um, he chose to stay loyal to his hometown of Vineland, and then he chose to stay loyal to his state of New Jersey and played for Rutgers, and both scenarios are so similar. Each year we got better with him in our program, and each year Rutgers is getting better with him because, like I said, people just feed off his electricity and his talent is unreal, and um, I'm expecting Rutgers to have a big season. Um, but it's the same kind of very similar scenarios him coming to Vineland changing the course of our program. And now he's changing the course of theirs because, you know, early on they were struggling and he was on the team and, you know, they had some tough seasons, but now that, you know, they're rebound, they're getting better. And um, he's doing the same thing at Rutgers that he did here at Vineland. Yeah. And, you know, you still have another Vineland alum there that we talked about Tyreen Powell looking poised for a, a big season from him. He's playing special teams, looking to get in some reps at linebacker. Um, got to got to talk to him a, a ton on Friday night. Kind of just, you know, a chance to not talk X's and O's with him was a lot of fun, and he, he just brings it. Like, he is so engaging uh, when you have any type of conversation with him. But what are you uh, what are you most looking forward to for another year in a Rutgers uniform from your former quarterback? Yeah, he's just going to keep getting better. And, you know, he was here. He might have played a year with Pacheco. Um, he was young. And, you know, Pacheco hands the baton over to Tyreem. He takes over. We reload. He, he, he does a great job at quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, safety, whatever we asked of him. He's another great kid, special talent. He's another kid that's electric. People fed off his energy, his play, his, his intensity, and the plays that he was able to make in his career here. And um, I'm just proud of both of them. Um, you know, extremely proud. Tyreem's another one. He could have gone anywhere he wanted in high school. Six foot five, what, you know, stud player. Chose to go to Vineland. Helped us get better. Um, then he could have gone. He had a lot of opportunities, uh, unlimited opportunities for college. So then, you know, he balled in, staying home too in New Jersey. He's playing for Rutgers. And um, he's another one that's going to be a um, special player for them. And he just continues to get better. I mean, they got him on a great weight program. He looks great. He's put on probably 20, 25 pounds of muscle, and um, he's just going to keep getting bigger. He's got that huge frame. So he's another one that could be playing on Sundays. Did you ever see him as a as a linebacker at the next level? Well, in their, their defense, you know, playing the outside there, yeah, I could see him doing that. Yeah, most definitely, and especially with, you know, what they're doing with him as far as, you know, that – the nutrition plan and the weight program, you know, he's taking full advantage of that. So he looks great. And as we head into a new season, there's a new crop of, uh, you know, graduates from last season. Have you talked to any of the the graduated seniors from the 2020 Vineland roster? Um, I've seen them in town. You know, we had a little get together for the seniors at the end of the season last year, you know, give them their varsity letters and senior plaques and things like that. So, yeah, I know, um, we got a bunch of guys over at Kane University. Matter of fact, um, Tyreem's brother 
uh, Tyrese is playing there, um, Anthony Tony, Lathan Kent. You know, they're all playing at Kane and doing a great job. I know, um, you know, our kicker from last year, Henry Garns, he went to Alvernia, so he's doing a nice job. Um, Noah Sansone's still at Bucknell, but he's getting trying to get healthy. He's going through some, you know, things with some injuries, so he's trying to get better. So I'll continue to monitor that and keep everybody updated. And, um, you know, we got Davon Seymour playing at Sussex County College. It's a new junior college that has football, and uh, Wanye Kent's playing there as well. So they're at Sussex County. New program that started last year that's doing real well. So look out for Davon Seymour. He might, you know, has another year here with the um, in JUCO, and he might be playing some big-time Division One football because he's a hell of a running back. It's been a while since we've heard that name. Yeah, so he's been doing a great job, and um, real proud of him. He's um, doing much better and, um, you know, looking for big things out of him. I can't wait to make some phone calls in the offseason telling some of these scouts I deal with that Davon Seymour is available. They're going to be definitely be interested in him because he is he's a stud, 225-pound, you know, six-foot running back that has an extra gear that can outrun just about anybody on the football field. I'll never forget this, the breakaway speed that he had. He was just, it was like a Mack truck running at you whenever you watched him uh, with the ball in his hand. So, very happy to hear that he's back out on the field. And we have Levi Manson. He's at uh, St. Francis. So, I'll keep you posted with him as well. So, yeah, we got guys all over the place, you know, extending their careers, doing a nice job. So, um, I'll make sure I have updates for the show. Yeah, we got Jamil Demby working back from an injury, was placed on injured reserve. uh, And, the waived injured list with the Rams back in August 4th, but uh, he's doing big things. Jamil and I talk all the time. Uh, he's getting a bunch of endorsement deals lately, and uh, he's just going to keep grinding, and I, I have no doubt that he'll bounce back from this injury and be back on a roster sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt, and um, he's another one. Such a great kid. Um, wish we had him for more years back when we got the job, but um, – He's taking full advantage of his talents, and he's doing a great job. Earned himself a full scholarship, you know. And he was another all A's, couple B's, maybe here and there. He he's very smart, so he's going to succeed in anything he does. Friday night, Clearview, seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, we always tease the the look good, feel good, play good. What is the uh, the potential jersey combo going into to Friday night? Well, we're going to go with the red. Red and gray jerseys and the red and gray helmets. So it'll be a good look for us. It's what we wear at home. And, um, you know, it should be fun. It's going to be fun. Under the lights, back at Catone Stadium. I'll be back in the booth. You guys can hear me on the broadcast. And uh, looking forward to to implementing everything I'm able to take in from watching from the booth uh, into this show. I think it's going to be a fun added element as the weeks go by uh, during the 2021 season. Couldn't agree with you more. We're so happy to have you involved with our program, Kyle. We appreciate all you do for us, and um, congratulations on getting the job. And um, we're expecting great things from you, as you've been doing. So, like I said, we appreciate you, and um, thanks for supporting us. Absolutely. Wouldn't want it any other way, but Friday night, Clearview, Vineland, at Catone Stadium. Come out. It's going to be one hell of a game, the home opener for 2021. And uh, Coach Russo, any final thoughts as you guys head into Friday night? Uh, just uh, like I said, just trying to put last week in the rearview mirror. 
It's over. It's history. We're gonna our focus all week has been on Clearview, our home opener, and um, we want to get back on track. And I feel like we've uh, made some corrections, made some changes that will benefit the program, and uh, just looking to bounce back and and play some violent football here. So make sure you guys are following us on social media to keep up to date with everything we've got going on with the Dan Russo show with Vineland football. It's at underground PHI at Vineland FB and uh, check out the Facebook page of red and gray gridiron group. And you can also uh, check out our website, underground sports, I'll have some written content every week up there from just what I observe from uh, each and every game. And then of course, be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe to the podcast feed. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the Dan Russo show whenever you subscribe. And leave a five-star rating and review to uh, let us know that you're listening to the show. But five stars only, because just like Vineland Football, we have standards that are five stars, and we know you guys do too. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week, and we'll see everybody out at Catone Stadium on Friday night for Vineland and Clearview. But until then, this has been another episode of the Dan Russo Show presented by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group and Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Coach Russo, I'm Kyle Bennett. We'll see you guys next week. Just a kid from the neighborhood, where our kids from a neighborhood. Take me back to 96. I fall asleep with